Hello and welcome back to the State of Play podcast, episode 115. Sorry you haven't heard that much of us. All three of us have had so much random stuff going on work-wise, life-wise in the last, I'd say, probably a couple months. All got new jobs, all doing new things, and it's a struggle to keep the, the content coming. But we try our best, so if we miss a week here and there, sorry, but we're going to try and do better by you in 2022 happy new year to all our loyal listeners um a combination that you've not heard of for a little bit i'm joined with matt santangelo how are you mate doing pretty well and yeah as you mentioned happy new year everyone it's been a while since you've heard um the og members of the state of the pod on this <laughs> boo martino boo um, when, you're, when you're chopping this up and you're you're doing all the editing work you'll probably feel some type of way but you know, um as as the great pep guardiola says you know i'm so happy believe me happy new year and, you know, i'm ready to be rolling here with our first episode of 2022 did you see that clip that came out the amazon prime one where he's like uh, the, the title winning speech when he wins the title with city it's like and somebody killed football that was me it's me it's me and everybody said pep's team <laughs> so good so funny He's, he's, I mean, you have to be a freak, right, to be that good a manager, right? Him, Klopp, both cr- like absolute weirdos. Mourinho, weirdo. Sarri, weirdo. I mean, you know, it's tough. It's tough, right? Wenger, was, Wenger and Sir Alex were relatively normal com- compared to them. So, like, Ancelotti's a cool cat, to be fair. I mean, um, he's pretty normal, but like a lot of the greats are... Like, even if you go back to like Brian Clough, he was a lunatic, right? So, yeah. Well, en- enough about that. Um, let- let's talk about some things, Matt. So, as we know, I'm an Arsenal fan, unfortunately, um, and I'm pretty prepared that we're going to be pummeled tonight considering the lack of options we have. And Liverpool have remarkably recovered from COVID to field a, a full-strength team tonight against Arsenal, I believe. So, Dusan Vlahovic has been linked very strongly and I think most notably to Arsenal, to be fair, considering the lack of imports from Italy to uh, the Premier League, Matt, I think Jorginho, again, a lot of people, he's a bit like Marmite. Some people would say he's been really successful. Some some would say he wouldn't have been. Um, but uh, there has been not that many Serie A players that have come to England and done exceptionally well. And we've kind of even seen Romelu Lukaku, right? He's not Italian, but thrived and played his best football I think ever at Inter and he has done it in the Premier League before um, and he's come back over and and maybe not had the resounding success I mean Cristiano Ronaldo scored 29 uh, Serie A goals um, in his previous season to Man United and he's now scored eight so it's clearly a league that hasn't borne that much fruit for Premier League signing. So, Dizan Vlahovic, I want to kind of get your take on, first of all, him as a player, but second, what the situation there is in general, because, I mean, we try and not be biased and talk a lot about the Premier League and a lot about Serie A, because those are the two leagues that we both follow, um, or both respectively follow. But I do think the biggest stories are coming from there, right? Like, you know, Maitland-Niles going to Roma or Vlahovic coming here to the Premier League or Dybala not re-signing. There are some big storylines here that we want to cover. So let's start with Vlahovic. Your thoughts on him as a player and then on the whole situation. Vlahovic, if you look at him as a player, um, there's there's so much to like. Obviously, in the, one of the first things that jumps off the page is the fact that he's so young, right? He's he's still just 21 years old, and you look at that class of 2000 type player, and you know when you have that project you're looking to build, 
Um, you look at those younger type players, right? And not to mention the fact that he comes from a striker position. That's just a really difficult position for a lot of teams to to get right, right? You know, it's I think you know, people talk so much about well, this team needs to get a striker. Everyone says it about Milan, and that's fine. And I would say they're 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 correct. Okay, fine. If you say we need a striker, who who do you think? Who do you suggest? Because it's so easy to say we need a striker, but not suggest a name, not suggest who can fit the team in the club mold. So when I look at Vlahovic, I think you know he's got a lot of qualities that really fit to what a modern game would would, would demand, right? I mean, he's physical, he's strong, he's quick. Um, he can you know, fend off defenders, so he can play a little back to goal. Um, and he's got a great scoring record, really, since the um, beginning of 2021. I think he was probably the leading scorer um, behind, I think, just Lewandowski. I think mm. Lewandowski was one, and Vlahovic was number two. And then right behind him, uh, uh, Vlahovic was Holland. So just speaks to the type of year he had. This year, 16 goals, two assists, and 20 matches for Fiorentina, who've um, done really well under Vincenzo Italiano. So finally, I think you're starting to see what type of player Vlahovic could truly be under some decent coaching with a project that has mm. some pretty decent players as a supporting cast. Because he's played under three coaches at Fiorentina, which is pretty, yeah, yeah, uh, and still uh, put up good numbers, which is pretty impressive. Montella, when Comiso bought the club, they reaffirmed Montella. He got sacked. They brought in uh, uh, Giuseppe Iacchini. Um, he came, he wasn't the right fit, obviously. Um, so Italiano is the type of guy that I think has been able to get obviously the most out of Vlahovic. Um, but I, I, I look at Vlahovic as a player and you say the goals and you say the fashion in which he scores those goals. And, um, you know, he has somewhat of that sort of, uh, freakish combination between speed and, and size and strength that like Holland has. And a lot of the other greats of the past have, but there's always that skepticism and my end about prejudging players off a good season at a team that's maybe not cheating too much um, and then being compared to the greats and being compared yeah. to um, players that have thrived in the Premier League, right? I mean, I actually just did an article on Rafael Leao um, and Pioli in the media came out and said that, you know, he sees Leao, he sees a lot of Thierry Henry in Leao. And I'm like, maybe, right? Because he's got some the quickness, <laughs> the effortless dribbling. But it's Thierry Henry, right? The longevity at the top, the Ballon d'Or winner, his CV. So the point I'm trying to make about Vlahovic is, is he talented? Obviously he's talented. But until this player jumps into that limelight and he's playing against the top clubs, he's yeah. playing you know, under that pressure of the, the big wage and, and under the pressure of the big transfer fee that he could potentially move for, um, I don't like to say this guy's a can't-miss, world-class generation type guy. I need to see longevity. And, but for me, if we're just judging him based on what he is currently, he's definitely in that category of one of the best you know, U22, U23 strikers in world football. Um, and and his, his potential speaks to that as well. I mean, do you remember uh, it was either me and Martino or you and uh, Martino or me and you? I don't know which combo it was. But we went through all the under-23 strikers in world football and we were kind of saying at how after Haaland and Bappe and Osman there's kind of a big gap and I think what you'd say is Vlahovic is basically there um in and around and I was looking at transfer market like when we did that and I remember seeing like Eddie and Ketia at number 12 right and it's crazy how quickly things can change Matt in the under 23 striker department because if I read you the names now they're a lot different to when we like went over them uh, a while ago so we've got Mbappe at number one who again maybe isn't your atypical center forward but he's now 23 Haaland at 21 uh, number two Vlahovic is now number three and this is you know according to transfer markets valuation 
Osman number four, Jonathan David number five, Amin Guiri number six, Alexander yeah. Ishak number seven, Karim Adeyemi number eight, Darwin Nunes number nine, Moise Keane number ten, Mateus Cunha number eleven, Daniel Marlin number twelve, Fabio Silva number thirteen, Paxson Dacca number fourteen, Julian Alvarez who's still just had a season in uh uh you know plate then you've got raspadori and skamaka the swasolo boys who i think skamaka should be a lot higher on this list right but again what i'm trying to say is it's an ever-changing list isn't it like a player doesn't do well for six to nine months suddenly clubs stop looking at him look at mateus cunha in, in the sense that you know he was wanted by a lot of clubs has gone to atletico not really pulled up trees and the second thing is and i'm probably out of the three of us the most stats heavy in terms of like like using stats but i still you know me and martino had a bit of a, 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 a <laughs> an engagement with someone I, I don't want to call it an altercation on, on twitter who yeah. was using frank kessie's xg to maybe uh say that he was a good finisher and <laughs> me and martino were kind of like it's just nonsense but anyway in terms of xg Vlahovic is overperforming massively in the sense that he is the rule of thumb anyway like uh, you know for you that aren't familiar that, with that you know the inner depths and the inner workings of xg if you're overperforming by 50 percent, that's really unsustainable or you're an elite elite finisher and no player has consistently overperformed by 50 percent, right like even a Lionel messi ronaldo Lewandowski, whatever they're all at you know 20 30 whatever that's still really good and vlahovic is very much in that 50 55 category and now he's going to regress to the mean at some point yeah. But I'm starting to think that even if this guy regresses and there is a correction, Matt, that he's still going to score a lot of goals and he's still going to make goals and still be a, a real threat. Because when I look at his game, it's kind of like he's technically very secure. He's good at kicking the football, right? Like that's really important. He's got a hammer of a left foot. He's great in the air. His movement's sublime. His power, pace, strength is, is great. His physique is ready for a Premier League type move. And the link-up play is something that people have kind of uh, questioned outside the box. Is he that good? But for me, when you're technically that good, you can still do it, right? Like there are, uh, you know, some players that aren't really good outside the box. And one of the reasons is they're just not used to, you know, being that they're, they're, their killer instinct is what makes them best. But also, they're just technically not that good to play up. So I kind of see a player who's got a bit of everything and if he improves, can turn in a more well-rounded uh, centre-forward, even if he does regress in, in the goal-scoring charts. Yeah, and he does have that. I think it's important to, you know, you, you, you kind of encapsulated his game quite well there, Pat. Um, and I think the one thing that a lot of people, um, and, I, and I say this pretty often, but I, I truly believe it, that people forget to, to factor in here when judging a player and how good he can be um, in a more, you know, pressurized environment more difficult league um which then that could be the premier league for him if he does go is how is he above the shoulders in between the ears like is he a player that has a mentality like that killer mentality because you're playing a striker position right so you're you touched on it he's going to regress back to the me is he the type of player where is he going to be very hot and then super cold and very mm, like a pion like a piontek right right piontek took over the league he, out of nowhere comes over from poland goes to genoa is the leading scorer he's scoring four goals in a copa italia match scoring <laughs> headers and everyone's like wow this guy just came on and burst onto the scene he's a star 
And now he's, you know, he went to um, uh, Hertha Berlin and then he came back to Fiorentina here. And he's pretty much Vlahovic's backup and maybe yeah. his replacement, although they haven't obviously, you know, publicly said that. Um, so he's, he mentally, he's a strong player too. I see that in him, right? Like, you know, yeah. when he scores goals, he really is passionate about it. He really has that confident edge to him that I think will ultimately combine with his, his profile and his, his, his uh, qualities quite well. But again, I, I'm one of those players that I'm one of those players. I'm not a player. Uh, <laughs> I'm one of those um, uh, type of people who, who watch and I get a little bit, careful with how I assess players because for every superstar player that we says, this guy's a can't miss world-class generational talent. There's 10 other guys that we said the same about and they, and they were flops, right? You know, we've seen it so many times. I, I, you know, in my article, I talked about Ricardo Sampanara. Everyone's like the Italian Kaká, Mattia Di Scio, the next Paolo Maldini. Some are more, you know, knee-jerk reaction, prisoner of the moment type stuff, but you get the point, right? Like there's a lot more flops than there are superstar world-class players. So I think we need to to look at Vlahovic, you know, assess his game, understand who he is as a as a player. But ultimately, until he steps on that field for an Arsenal or a City or whoever one of these top clubs are, and produces to that same level or near that same level that we're seeing now, we won't really know. So, um, but yeah, definitely an exciting player. Probably the biggest name that that people are talking about from Serie A. Um, and you mentioned our crossover, right? We're Serie A guys, but also Premier League focus. So. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And I think now this month, it's going to be interesting to see, right? Because the contract situation, he's not resigning. Comiso said they offered him to be him the, the, the most expensive player, highest earner in the club history. Mm. He doesn't want to sign. I think he respects the club enough for the opportunity he's been given, but he wants to move on. They want to sell for a profit because they don't want to lose him for free. So we'll have to wait and see how this plays out. Um, yeah. I, I mean, final question, Matt. Is he is he moving in January, in your opinion? No, I think I think what's going to happen is I think he's going to stay. I think the goal that he has is, um, and the promise I think he'll make to Fiorentina is to stay, to try and see if they can shoot for Europa League, get them back into Europe, um, which I think is a goal of his. I think he said something about it that you know he wants to help bring Fiorentina back to Europe. Um, obviously, if it doesn't happen in the summer, in this case, uh, which is what we're reading here as well. He has more options available, right? More clubs would be willing to spend a little bit more in the summer versus now, right? So I think he stays into the summer where you open up the field for many suitors to come in and just, you know, make their best and final offer and see if they can get him. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting battle. I do wonder, I do wonder if there's more to it like i think arsenal obviously have a good relationship with fiorentina um lucas torreira is on loan there he's probably going to get sold there for uh 15 million euros the kind of rumor i do wonder if that's something that does happen um moving on from vlavic slightly matt there are rumors and reports that have come out today on the day that we record on the 13th of january that paulo dybala might not resign with uh, or resign, not resigned, resign with Juventus, which I mean is almost unthinkable because Matt, I've watched Juventus a few times. Uh, you know, cheeky plug, I have uh, Dybala on so rare, so I do watch them a little time. Um, he's the only positive about Juventus. Like, he is the difference between them being a top four club and not. And losing him would kind of be catastrophic, but it also presents the chance of a, a complete rebuild. But from what you've read, like what's going on here? 
well, this has been going on for, for quite a while now, right? And I, I think I look back to, you know, when Paulo Dybala first joined from Palermo for a big fee. Uh, Milan liked him a lot. Obviously, they couldn't spend that ton of money on him, and they still can't um, if you're looking at the financial statements of where they're at currently. Um, and ever since he arrived, he's been uh, that the next guy, right? He took on, you know, the big number, 21, number 10. And everyone's thinking, like, all right, this is the guy to carry the project forward because Chiellini, Bonucci, Bufanic. They're going to come and go, and you're going to need someone to carry the baton forward and be like the next face of that club. And for the longest time, I thought it was Paulo Dybala. But for whatever reason, I think what's happened over the past couple of years, is along with injuries, um, he's also been kind of jerked around um, from, from a positional standpoint. He's been asked to play wide. He's been asked to play as a second striker, you know, play as a main striker, play as a number 10, do a lot of other things. So he's really catered so much to Juventus and has given so much to Juventus that I thought that, look, okay, like they're going to repay him. They're going to get this contract done, but he's been, when he has played, he's been good, but he's has injury concerns. And I think that's what maybe is, is kind of um, a big fear of, of why Juventus aren't willing to up their, up their offer to, to, to strike a deal with him. Um, and, and pet, you know, he was not too long ago, subject to a move to the premier league. Remember with the swap with Lukaku, Lukaku wanted to go to Juventus and they were going to go to Paulo Dybala goes to um, Manchester United. It didn't happen. And because of his, his, uh, his um, affection and love for the, for, for Juventus. So this is an interesting one. I think you get to a point now where it's, if you feel that you're, you're not going to raise your offer for him. And I wouldn't blame Juventus if they did, because let's be honest, they are not in the best financial position. They have a lot of old players that are going to be retiring very soon. The Ligt may leave. They have a lot of dead weight in that squad currently with Rabiot, who has his moments, and some of the others. So they have they, this this project needs a facelift. Oh yeah, now, I mean, look look at the, some of those salaries, Paul right? Is 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 Paul Dybala? I guess what you're, if you're a Juventus fan and you're Juventus brass and you're looking at Paul Dybala's contract situation, the question you have to ask yourself is: Is this the guy that we want to build our project around going forward? And if it's not, then you have to make that decision and, 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 and try and maybe sell him. He doesn't have much years left on his contract and much time left there. So, you, of course, in Juventus fashion, they've let this um, run a little bit further along than they've had. All talks, all the main sources about, around Juventus, Romeo Goreski from goal, they've all been saying, no, 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 the deal's going to get done. It's only a matter of time. But the more you say that and the more it doesn't get done, it leaves it open to interpretation, the speculation that he could leave. Um, so, so we'll have to wait and see what happens. Again, a player I've always liked, but I really question the handling of Paulo Dybala the past couple years um, um, as something that maybe has attributed to his stock falling so much and maybe Juventus being a little bit more reluctant to give him the money he wants. Um, I mean, staying with Juventus, uh, we're going to talk about Arthur Mello going to Arsenal as well because that's literally been tweeted since we started recording, Matt. Um, but on Dybala, like... I I also just don't see where he would go. Like I, I'm trying to look at clubs. I mean, could he go to a Chelsea, a City, maybe a City to play up front for Pep? Like, could that happen? I mean, it's very, it's very difficult. Like the salary demands are massive, right? Um, and he's an absolutely phenomenal player. I love watching him, and he's the heartbeat of this Juventus team when he plays. But I do think that if you're the, as you said, Matt, like if you're the Juventus hierarchy and you can get rid of his salary, Ramsey's salary, 
Rabiot's salary. The lift looks like he's leaving. The lift's on the massive salary as well. Is it 160 net? Something like that? Which is which is crazy, yeah. right? Uh, for his age. So suddenly, you have a complete rebuild. Do you go get like a Gianluca Scamacca? Do you go get um, a cup? You know, you bring back a Nicola Ravella. Like suddenly you have all these younger pieces, Matt, that you can build around. And to me... It's not enticing because obviously you want to keep Dybala. You want Dybala to play with a Skamaka and you want like a Ravella to learn from a pro like that. But there must be a temptation that like if you offer him, what is it, 15 million euros net? Something like that? Which is like crazy money, right? That's 300,000 euros a week net after tax. So we're talking, you know, what, 500 grand a week? It's a lot of money. And... They've been burnt before when they give big contracts to people. So I'm not surprised that there's... They, they might say, look, like 50 million euros, if you don't want it, then kind of fuck off. <laughs> like, I wouldn't blame them, right? No, I, I wouldn't. And it's unfortunate too, because again, I do like Paul Dybala. In his first couple of seasons, he was a 20-plus goal scorer. Scoring free kicks. He was scoring goals in the Champions League um, against Tottenham. I know you'd probably, you'd probably love that. Um, against, against Barcelona, like the night, like he was scoring big goals. Like Everyone's like, this guy's one of the best players in the, in the game right now. And again, his his, yeah. his stock has taken such of a, a, a nosedive lately that people forget that he is still very good on his day. But between his injuries, between his age, he's not getting younger, right? And a lot of these clubs that you mentioned that can spend that money, they typically opt for the younger player. Like, is is a pe- is Pep Guardiola going to say, yeah, let's spend the money on a 28, 29-year-old? Probably yeah. not. He'd rather get, you know, someone who's 24, 25, 26 right now ready to go. It's still a handful of prime years left. So I'm not saying Paul Dybala is not worth you know, looking at if you're a top club, but you start to wonder like, where does he fit in, right? If it's not Juventus, then where else? And that's that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, I uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen with that one. Um, let's talk quickly about Arta, um, Max. That's news that's breaking. That Arsenal are trying to get that over the line for midday tomorrow, so he can probably play in the North London derby at the weekend. Um, things haven't worked out for him at Juventus either. And now it's interesting that he's making a move to the Premier League. A player that had loads of potential when he came over from, was it Gremio to Barcelona? And there was a few games for Barca that he played that he looked magic, right? And you thought he was going to definitely be the next big thing. The heir to Javi, the Brazilian Javi, all this kind of stuff. And just things have not worked out. He's now 25, clearly needs a fresh start. And I... I, I'm not convinced, but at this point, like after the summer of recruitment that Edu and Arteta did, which was amazing, um, you kind of wonder if there's something here for Arsenal. Yeah, he does need to move. Um, I think Juventus also need to make that decision as well. Like I think they have so many midfielders that um, on their day, maybe potential-wise, have it and they can be very good. Um, but overall, like there's certain players in this midfield that just don't jive well they don't mesh well as a unit like look tell you just spent on you're going to keep it right McKenny seems to be pretty good with you know um you know more uh, you know I guess technical players right he can be a runner you know, same thing with Rabio, like guys who can run into the box those are fine and you have Locatelli who can be a little bit more of a regista dictating type presence but you look at you know to your point Arthur here it's like well what does he do like how does he fit and if he's yeah. not like completely in the plans of Allegri right you, then you, you have to make a decision on it. I think it's just, that's just what it comes down to. He was a sorry addition, and then you have Pirlo, and then you have Allegri. And he doesn't seem to be getting that sort of consistent burn. So I think it's absolutely you know, a, a, a bang-on statement by you that he just needs a move. Um, hmm. Player has player's ability, it's no doubt about it. 
Um, is he more, is his game, is his run at Juventus more indicative of, of who he is as a player and who he isn't as a player? Or is it more so of the shortcomings and, and free fall of Juventus? That's what you have to look at, right? And you touched on it, right? Next, and I, and I, and I bring this up again. Anointed Brazilian Javi, the next guy. He's 25 and he's go, potentially going to another team. Not saying he can't be good at an Arsenal or another team, but you get my point, right? So mm. a lot has to go right for you to meet the expectations. When I look at him, I think he's got the physical traits, the, quality, the, the technical ability. There's no doubt about it. But I think you're starting to see that it's just a lot has to go correct for a player to really reach his, his fullest potential. Yeah. Um, let's let's see where that goes. Hopefully it's a good signing for Arsenal, for my sake. Um, Matt, I want to round things off by just looking ahead to the summer because we are basically in probably the biggest Bosman summer since we've been alive, right? Um, we have two genuine generational talents uh, moving potentially um in terms of Mbappe leaving on a free and Haaland leaving with a release clause so I'm not saying he's a Bosman but you know probably gonna be a move there we've got Dybala probably or potentially moving which is another crazy one and there are a, a, a load of other free agents right um we know that Lorenzo Insigne is obviously moving as well um that's not a Bosman but still very interesting uh, or is it a Bosman is his contract running out or are they buying the last year I don't remember. Who was that? Uh, uh, Insigne? Um, I th- think his contract was running out. Yeah. Because I think he's leaving on a contract expiration. You, Napoli aren't getting a fee for him. Yeah. For him going to Toronto. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought as much. Um, years are just blurring into one. Um, yeah, he's he's uh, he's gone on a free. Yeah, you're correct. Uh, I, like... Where does Haaland go? Where does Mbappe go? And what does it mean for the world of football is basically the last thing that I want to talk on. Um, Mbappe, it doesn't seem like he's close to resigning. Again, I'm, I'm saying that wrong, aren't I? aren't I? Resigning. It's weird what's happened in Paris. Like, he clearly, he wants to be the number one guy. And now, like, is Haaland... And are Haaland and him going to land up at the same place? Are they both going to end up at Real Madrid? Um, do one of them want to experience a challenge? Do they think that going to like a Barca and being the, the, the shining light for the next Barca era is is a, is another attractive proposition? There's a lot of interesting storylines here, isn't there, Matt? There is. And I, I think it would be ridiculous to see you know, both Haaland and Mbappe um, playing with one another. Uh, because I think people look at them to not stylistically the same as Ronaldo Messi, but like this is the next generation of players that are going to kind of be like going at one another every year for goals, for main honors and, and all those sorts of things. So for them to be on the same team, it would be like, um, I don't know what, what we what, what we saw with the Miami Heat, right? When they got uh, LeBron, they had Wade and they got Bosh and it's like, oh, no, we'll just we'll just bring all the stars. We don't care about, you know, egos clashing yeah. or them having their own personal challenges and achievements that they want to go after. I, I see the players potentially playing together. I don't know how well that will fit, right? Because I think, again, those are two players that they all like to get the ball. They all like to be the, the talk of the town, the guy, the main guy. So when you have too many of the guys that like to be the main guy in one squad, there's friction. There's, there's tends to be a lot of problems, right? We saw with Bale at Real Madrid where Ronaldo was already there. They brought in Bale and he had his moments. He's obviously very great, but maybe he didn't reach the heights that maybe many thought he would there. 
So I would like to see them to, just for the sake of a com- competitive standpoint, go different ways. Even if Kylian Mbappe decides to stay, which I don't think he's going to, I think it's obvious he wants to leave and go to Real Madrid. I would like to see Holland maybe play for a Premier League side, right? You know, maybe go, does he yeah. go to like a Manchester United, a City, a Chelsea, someone like that? I think that would be interesting for the for the sport itself to not go to the same team because I think you want to see them being able to have those moments where in the Champions League, they are going at one another. They are, you know, trying to match one another as far as goals and, and all that sorts of stuff. But yeah, I think to your point, earlier point about this summer being a very interesting one for Bozeman's, I, it's it's odd, but I think it's something we've seen in the past couple of years start to shift this way where players are, players and clubs are not afraid to just say, you know what, we'll let the guy run his contract down and we'll, we'll move on, right? And Milan did it with two players at Hakan, Chahanoglu went to Inter and Gigi Donnarumma who went to PSG. But it's something that we've seen quite often where player power is so profound that PSG, who were offered an excess of $100 million last summer, said, oh, no, we don't need the money. Like, <laughs> we'll play another year with Kylian Mbappe and we'll let him walk for free. That's yeah. how much money they got. And they'd rather put all their eggs in one basket for this year's ach- achievements than sell a player who, frankly, even if you sell him and you get that money, you can't replace him. Yeah. That's how good he is. Yeah. So that's like, the conversation who they're gonna buy. they're probably having. Yeah, I mean, the, the rumors were like at the time, wasn't it? Like getting Griezmann or something. Like and they're like, no, no, we're good. We don't. We'll yeah. just keep him and let him let him leave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, I mean, uh, I agree. Like, I think I hope they don't go to the same team. I think I see Mbappe going to Madrid for certain. I think that's the. I think Holland's from the league. If I had to guess, really, so, I, I. I wonder Something if there's... Yeah, I just don't know who, though. Chelsea? Like, do they get rid of Lukaku I'd and Werner? Lukaku already. I could see them being cut through and saying, like, all right, like, Tuchel wants his other guy. That's yeah. Lukaku. Is it City? <sighs> City needs a I don't see them going in for Harry Kane. I think that ship has sailed. Come, Arsenal come top four and get him? <laughs> <laughs> Look, if we've got the Odegaard link... No, I'm joking. That's never going to happen, is it? I, I, for some reason, I think Barca's a possibility, man. I mean, it's just I, I always ask myself, I'm like, where's the money right, coming all from? All their financial positions horrendous. They're struggling to register players. Liverpool as well. Who and knows? the league is just like, and the UEFA is just, yeah, we'll, we'll let them go because they're Barcelona. You can go get Holland. Like, I don't know. It doesn't sit right with me. You know what I'm saying? It's like Milan has to penny pinch <laughs> to get players. And they're, I know the position's not the best right now. It's getting better. But that's also frustrating too, where it's like Barcelona are able to do certain things that maybe other clubs aren't yeah. despite being with so much debt. Well, it's like, I mean, FFP is just not fit for purpose. Like Newcastle apparently can spend like a billion over the next three transfer windows before they can even think about it. Like, how does that make any sense? Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that on another show. Maybe we just let Martino do that show on his own. Like he just rants for 45 minutes about how FFP is broken. <laughs> Open mic. <laughs> anyways thank you so much for listening guys you can follow us at state of play on twitter you can follow me at pet barisha on twitter uh, p-e-t-b-e-r-i-s-h-a and you can follow matt at matt santangelo and check out all his good stuff thank you so much for listening everyone um hope you guys are enjoying yourselves had a great new year please leave us a review on apple and spotify now apparently through reviews and all that good stuff and tell your friends about the state of play podcast we'll have more content for you hopefully next week <laughs>